This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to podcast once up shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much much appreciated. All right, we've had about 24 hours to let this thing marinate, let it all process through our minds, got a good sleep on it, and now we can maybe try and have a little bit more of a clearer conversation. Or so I thought. (laughs) Twitter is still ablaze. Fire Dubis, fire Keefe, trade Marner. Everything is still being thrown out there, even after a good night of rest. And honestly... I don't blame it. I don't blame a lot of you guys for being so emotionally charged and still being, you know, very emotionally charged. Um, Look, I I said in yesterday's podcast, maybe I'll wake up the next day or or tomorrow or a week from now, maybe a couple years from now, look back and say, you know, this wasn't as bad as the collapse in Boston, but... I'm starting to hear from a lot more people that that they believe that this is much, much worse because of the expectations. And, you know, that was my rational. That was my my thought process as to why I thought it was worse. But now I'm hearing that other people are feeling the exact same way and that this is this was thrown out as potentially the worst Toronto sports playoff loss in Toronto sports history. Not just Leafs, not just Raptors, Jays. Like, this could potentially be the biggest collapse in Toronto sports history. And if that, you know, remains to be... I'm not a historian by any any stretch of the imagination. I couldn't tell you, you know, what happened to the Jays in the 90s or the 80s or the Raptors. I guess, technically, Raptors have only had playoff success over the last little bit. So, I guess I could tell you about that. But even like the the Leafs, like I know that the '90s were were quite frustrating for for the Maple Leafs and stuff too, right? But um, as far as like 2013 and the collapse against Boston, up four one in the third, giving that up and losing in overtime, I think uh, I, I you know even after sleeping on on last night's loss and and giving up this three one series lead, I think it's worse. I, I really do think that it, it was worse. So if you are in the uh, the majority where you also still feel like this is worse i think i think you well like i said you're i think you're the majority if you feel that this is worse than boston back in 2013 i don't think that it's just an irrational take to have because it was still fresh and the wound is still open i think that you know that take will kind of live over time cuz the leafs should have won this thing they should have won this thing and there's a lot of conversation being had online about what the Leafs need to do. You know, I'm done being a Leafs fan. This team, they need to do this or I'm not going to cheer for them next year. Dubis needs to go. Keefe needs to go. They got to blow it up. The top four, they can't win with it. Their their cap is just too messed up and mangled. You know, there, there's a lot of, of opinions on how the team needs to go forward 
And we'll go over that over the course of this offseason. Keep in mind, this is a daily Maple Leafs podcast. We've got a lot of time to cover all of this, to speculate each different path that the that the Maple Leafs could possibly take this offseason. Whether that's a complete overhaul, a little tweak, a massive change, whether that's a trade, a new GM, a new coach. You know, there's a bunch of new, a, a different paths that this team could potentially take. This is a fork, and we'll see what happens, what they end up doing, but we'll go over the different paths, and, and I might end up doing that uh, next week when I kind of get into offseason mode. Right now, I still got some, I still got some stuff to talk about from the series. We still got to recap this series and figure out how they lost, who's at fault, and all that, but um Today, I, I, I went through, I grabbed the sound from yesterday's post-game media, um, and I got a couple of clips here, one from Keith and his thoughts on the series, Marner, Matthews, Jack Campbell. Um, so I'm going to play those and kind of react to them and let you know my thoughts on, on what they had to say. And then uh, I also kind of spent, uh, I don't know if you guys did this, but there were a lot of like memes and stats at the expense of the Maple Leafs, and uh, so I went and compiled like a whole bunch of tweets and stats, not so fun tweets and stats about the Maple Leafs that I'm going to uh, gonna go over a little bit later as well. Um, just just to throw some more salt on the wound because I'm at this weird part where um, this weird stage of coping where I want to hurt myself even more. Uh, it needs to get worse before it can get better type of deal. So I'm going to go through these stats and hopefully this is this is my way of coping, right? My way of coping. Uh but before I do, let's let's get into some of this some of this um this post game sound from yesterday and and hear from the Leafs and and see if we liked what we heard from them because you know, after a performance like that game 7 where they didn't they didn't wake up, they didn't get off the mat and after just pissing away a 3-1 series lead. There are a couple things that I wanted to hear. And let's see if we heard the right things. Let's see if they said the right things. And they may say it, but it's one thing. We they also have to do it, you know, going forward. But let's at least see if they acknowledge what the problems were and we're willing to take responsibility. So, let's start with uh, let's start with Sheldon Keefe and let's see what he had to say yesterday after the loss. I think it's really hard to, to pinpoint one thing. A little too fresh to, to you know to break it down. I think each each game was uh, a little bit different. Certainly tonight's game was played a lot differently uh, than the previous two. Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a little too fresh here, but obviously we didn't we didn't score enough. We didn't play with the lead, um, and that made it that made it hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you didn't score enough, which means you weren't playing with the lead in any of those three games that uh, that they lost there after taking a 3-1 lead. They didn't lead lead at all in games 5, 6, and 7. They didn't dictate play. They got walked on because Montreal wanted it more. They wanted it more. That's what, what, what I gather from the performance we saw in games 4, 5, and 6. You know, they played harder, they played with detail, they played with purpose, they won puck battles, net front battles. They won all the little things that you need to win in playoff hockey, and that's why they ended up winning. They were talking about this on Overdrive today, that the 
the Maple Leafs, it seemed like they were playing regular season hockey and not playoff hockey. And it's true. It's like once they got punched in the mouth, they didn't really know what to do. They were suffocated and didn't know how to find their own ice. And then they just didn't wake up at all until there was like six minutes left in the game, <laughs> as per usual. Classic Leafs, right? Um, but what I don't, I mean, not that I expected Keith to come out. And he said it's raw, it's still still fresh, and he needs to look at the tape. So I, it makes sense, you know. Clearly, it's still, like, he's probably just in as much shock as we were at that point. I don't think he intended on losing that game either. Um, but he didn't throw any shade and didn't say, like, our big boys have to score. But at the end of the day, like, that was the problem, right? They said we didn't score and we, we didn't play with a lead. Well, that's because your, bo- your big boys didn't score. Now, I don't expect him to, like, name drop Marner and Matthews, but I think those are two guys who definitely um, I wanted to hear from and see if they kind of took responsibility for this loss because I think everyone else kind of is on the same page here. Like, this loss, at the end of the day, is pretty much on the lack of production from Marner and Matthews. One goal between the two of them is unacceptable. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's listen to see what Matthews and Marner had to say after the game last night. Still fresh, of course, and raw, but still, I want to see what they had to say. Did they take ownership and responsibility? So we'll do all that next here on the Locked on Lease podcast. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for the Locked On Leafs once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to right here every day on Locked On Leafs. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join the conversations about the league, about the NHL and about the Maple Leafs first and foremost. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, pre-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to the biggest news and rumors. Go download the free Locker Room app now. Currently available on all iOS systems. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. You can follow me as well at LockedOnLeaves or at Mike underscore DeStefano to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be there live every single week, at least once a week. We'll be doing one of these bad boys. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Leafs. I'll see you there. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. 
These bars are healthy. They're delicious. They're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. And you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back uh, to the Locked on These podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. Just a reminder, although the season is done for the Maple Leafs, the Locked on podcast still require, or the, uh, the Locked on Leafs podcast will still be going on each and every day until the playoffs is over. Then during the offseason, we drop down to about three days a week. But for now, still make sure that you're subscribed so that you get that daily Leafs content. As we head into the offseason mode uh, over the next couple of days, we'll still be breaking down the series and figuring out what went wrong, um, getting some guests on here to talk about their perspective of what happened and what's next. And then next week and into the weeks following, we'll get into the future and how the Leafs will go about changing things so that this time next year, we're not having this conversation where they've yet to get out of the first round. Um, But not getting out of round one again, massive disappointment. Massive disappointment. And as I stated before we went to break, Matthews and Marner not producing was probably the biggest factor for that. It, It just was. They didn't get it done. One goal between them through seven games is unacceptable. Let's let's hear what they had to say. Um, let's listen to Austin Matthews on not being able to generate more offense. You know, I think um, obviously when it comes to playoff time, everything's much tighter, um, and they're obviously a team that defends well. They have great goaltending, and um, you know, in my opinion, I don't think we had any shortage of chances. Um, like I said, it's a game of inches. We weren't able to capitalize, and obviously, we're out there to. Uh, you know, to capitalize and uh, we weren't able to get it done. So, um, you know, in my opinion, we had lots of, lots of plenty of looks and, uh, and, and really good chances. And, um, you know, like I said, <sighs> listen, Maddie, you're a rocket Richard winner. And, and the reason why you're going to walk away with rocket Richard isn't because you got plenty of chances and got plenty of looks. It's because you actually scored plenty of goals more than anyone else in the NHL, actually. And that's what you failed to do here. The process is only good if it yields results. If the process isn't yielding results, you got to change your game, pal. And that did not happen throughout this seven game series. You can blame that a little bit that uh, of that on Keith. For not changing that up. You know, didn't split up Marner and Matthews at all. At all. Kept them together despite the fact that they were struggling. And I spoke with a couple of coaches and and, and they said the same thing. This is about, this is probably just about process. You know, he believes in his process and eventually it will work. Well, the process only works and is successful if it yields results. And getting your looks and chances, that's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day... It's not how many chances you get in hockey. It's how many goals you score and how many more did you score than the other team. And you didn't do that. You didn't score more than the other team. And you lost the game. So, I, I, I'm not... It, it seems like, like, obviously he's disappointed that he didn't score. But at the same time, it, it, it's like he just is blaming Carey Price. I, I don't know. They needed better looks. They got good looks. They needed great looks. They were too predictable a lot of times. And they needed to change up something. Change up the way that they were doing their attack. And it just it didn't happen. 
It did not happen. All right, let's hear what uh, Mitch Marner had to say. Um, this clip is on if uh, if not scoring in the playoffs got to his head at all. So let's hear what he had to say on that. Once again, I had a lot of lucks, a lot of nets that were empty that I just didn't put it into. So. All right, got to stop it right there. The first thing he says, again, is, I got a lot of looks. I don't care if you had 18 billion shots on goal in the series. You had zero goals, Mitch. Zero goals. I'm going to keep playing because there's uh, some more stuff that he had to say there. But at the end of the day, again, process means nothing if it doesn't yield results. I apologize for cutting him off, but I just I, I had to get in there because I did not like the way that that answer started. Once again, I had a lot of lucks, a lot of nets that were empty that I just didn't put it into. So, um, like I said, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be the best player every single night. Um, you know, I felt that uh, wasn't living up to me my own standards, and just got to make sure that uh, stops happening. Yeah, it'd be nice if it stopped happening. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, is that 18 straight playoff games, though, to goal? Yeah, you're paid about $11 bucks there, pal. That, that You're paid to be a superstar, not just in the regular season, but also in the playoffs. More so in the playoffs than the regular season. The best players elevate their game in the regular season. It doesn't seem like Mitch Marner has been able to do that. He doesn't elevate his game. His game decreases. It's three playoffs in a row where he has been ineffective and unproductive. All right, let's see what he had to say about not being able to generate offense. Nope, that was Matthew. Sorry. Uh, What it's like handling the pressures. So how was it handling the pressures about him not producing when he's supposed to because he's a superstar in this league and demanded to be paid like one and because you demand to be paid like one, you got to give the Leafs a return on their investment. Got to give the fans a return on that investment. And let's see what he had to say about that type of pressure. I think uh, Austin and I, many other guys, um, especially come playoff time, you want to be the guy to go to and guy that can lead the team out of a uh, you know, series. And uh, we had multiple looks every single game. It just seems like it's a thing that's not going in, so... Um, really no excuse. Uh, you want that puck to go in the net, create a chance that it didn't go in the net. Um, that's, you know, that's kind of what it comes down to. So what I didn't hear from either of those two was them really trying to take blame. They didn't really take responsibility. It's like, they just basically said we we did we did what we were supposed to do or we did what we thought we were supposed to do. We got good looks. It just didn't happen. They kind of just blame the hockey gods for their struggles, and, and I don't I don't like that. I'll be honest, I did not like that. Granted, I'll I'll they might have something different to say in a couple of days. This was right after the game, so it's a little unfair for uh, for me to be you know dissing them for their raw emotional thoughts while they're still pretty shook from what happened. But man, everyone else in the world pinpointed those two players as the reason why they lost, except for those two. 
I, I just feel like they didn't take responsibility for the losses. It somewhat bothers me a little bit that they didn't. Um, you know who did take responsibility for the loss, though? Jack Campbell. It's just tough. Like, I just think of how hard our team battled and for it to end on a goal, you know, worst goal of my career and happening game seven, you know, it's just not acceptable. And, um, you know, I think the team counts on me to be better, and I know I can be a lot better than that. So I'm going to get back to work and be better. That sounds like a guy who who took that loss and took responsibility for the mistake that he made. He had a great he and he's not even the guy who needs to do it. The only reason why that won seven games is because Carrier Price or because Jack Campbell was so good. Like Jack Campbell was phenomenal. In a game seven, do or die, you're at home and you only give up two goals, you should win that game. He should not be sorry. Yes, it was a bad goal, shouldn't have happened. But, I mean, the Leafs should easily have been able to replace that goal. And they didn't do it. But Campbell, like, I don't like how, because the loss isn't on him. So it shouldn't be on him to take responsibility. And he shouldn't be beating himself over this loss and kind of putting that on him and saying how sorry he is to the guys because in his mind it was the worst goal he's ever allowed. Probably not the worst goal he's ever allowed. Like, whatever. He's emotional, and and that Jack Campbell, whenever he takes a loss, he does take it pretty hard. I I, I think I've I've discussed this before on the podcast. I think he gets in his head a little too much, and he puts a little bit too much pressure on himself, um, especially in losses. Like he really, really, really takes it takes it on the chin. And in this circumstance, I felt he was one of like three players who did not need to apologize. Like, listen to the beginning of this, where he basically he says he apologized. He feels bad for everybody else because of his performance. Listen to the beginning. It's just tough. Like, I just think of how hard our team battled and for it to end on a goal, you know, worst goal of my career and happening game seven, you know, it's just not acceptable. And um... like, no, man, Jack, you, you played your ass off. You played your ass off. And I've seen some people hating, saying Jack Campbell's not the answer. They need to get a new goaltender. You know, he allows uh, too many soft goals. Like, there was a couple of goals through this series where he just couldn't battle in front of traffic. And and they were just untimely goals. And, and he's not a true number one. See, he couldn't even beat uh, the, the Habs. Uh, hogwash. Nonsense. Jack Campbell's a, a quality goaltender. And he's going to come back next year and be this team's number one. But he doesn't need to be taking this one on the chin. He doesn't need to be sitting there saying, you know, the guys played their hearts out and it's on me, that one goal, it's unacceptable. No, man, you played your heart out. They didn't. The Habs played their hearts out. The Habs wanted that more than than the Leafs did. I'm not saying the Leafs didn't want it. Clearly they wanted it. Everybody wants to win. Everyone wants the cup. But you got to play for it. You got to play hard for it. And it just seemed like the Leafs didn't know how to. And that's what's so frustrating because that was the whole point of bringing guys like Thornton, guys like Felino, um, you know, Wayne Simmons, 
Guys who have won playoffs before. Zach Bogosian, who just went through it last year in the bubble, won the Stanley Cup. You know, you bring those guys in for a reason. And that was to get these young guys to buy in when blood is in the water. And instead, it just nothing, nothing. All right, we'll take one more quick break. And uh, when we come back, <laughs> let's laugh some more. Let's laugh some more. Let's take a look at some of these not-so-fun stats and tweets about the Maple Leafs. And let's just laugh at ourselves uh, and be a little bit self-deprecating as part of our recovery process here. All right? So we'll take one more quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll get into all that <laughs> right here on the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code Locked On and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Stocks, beams, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is 500 get started. Grow your wealth in an easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first 5,000 managed free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, with you. And just a reminder, this is a daily Maple Leafs podcast, so make sure that you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, still reacting to the Maple Leafs 3-1 series uh, blow, it, blow up, where they were leading at 3-1. And they lose 3-1 in Game 7. And the Montreal Canadiens advancing to the second round of the playoffs, extending Toronto's playoff series winless drought to 17 years. I have some stats here for you. Some not-so-fun stats and tweets about this Toronto team, about the, 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 the lack of playoff success, whether it was this year or organizationally. You know, some interesting facts and numbers. So we're just going to go through them a little bit. And like I said, 17 years, 17 years since this team has won a playoff series. It has been in between yesterday. So as of yesterday, 
6,250 days since their last playoff win, which was April 20th, 2004. So April 20th, 2004, the last series win, 6,250 days ago. 51 now, 52 if you're listening to this, two days after the loss, and so on and so forth. But like, oh my God, over 6,000 days before they're able to win a seven-game series. Jeez, Louise. There have been 247 different players in the lineup since then. 247 players have filtered through this lineup and they've yet to find a winning combination. They've had 28, 28 different goaltenders suit up for this team, and they've yet to find one who's able to stand on their head and win a seven-game series. I would actually argue that Jack Campbell has given them the best goaltending since April 20th, 2004. Back when Eddie Belfour was the goaltender. Jack Campbell has been the best Leafs goaltender since Eddie Belfour, I, I will put any amount of money on that one. Like, I will debate anyone on that. Anybody. You tell, you try and come at me with any goalie who has played better than Jack Campbell, and I, I'm telling you, I will debate you on this right here on the show. You let me know. You, if you got a goalie in mind, I'll bring you on the show. We'll have a nice, healthy debate because if your answer isn't Jack Campbell, I, I would love to hear who you think it has been better and why. 1,240 regular season games played and 44 playoff games. So those those that's like what's been going on since then. Um, here's some other fun things. The last time the Maple Leafs won a series, it was not broadcasted in high definition. <laughs> And I, I like now I can't even imagine watching low def. Like when I watched low def, I just assumed, oh, this is 80s hockey. No, it was actually 2004, apparently. <laughs> Facebook was two months old. YouTube was a year away. YouTube was not even an, uh, born. It wasn't even a fetus. Like YouTube was not even a fetus when this when they last won a series. The first iPhone didn't come out until three years later. You want to know what the number one song on the Billboard Top 100 was the last time the Maple Leafs won the, the, the uh, playoff series against the Ottawa Senators in April of 2004? The number one song on the charts that day. Yeah, by Usher and Little John. That song is so old. It is so old. Like, it has been an eternity since the Maple Leafs have been able to win a round. It's it's absolutely insane. Uh, what else we got here? Maple Leafs when trying to clinch a series since 2013. So, they are 0-8 in the last eight series-clinching games since 2013. Since the collapse, including the collapse... That is 0-8. They've scored 17 goals in those eight games and allowed 34. They are being doubled up in these games on average. Power play, 
11%. Penalty kill, 57%. Yeah. Not going to win a lot of games with that type of special teams. Didn't have great special teams in this series either. Pretty on par for what the Leafs have done. But 0-8 in series-clinching games. They've had eight opportunities. Eight opportunities to win a round since 2013 and have failed to do so. I can't... Fa- eight. 0 for 8. That is insane. Insane to me. Oh, boy. How about how about some stats from this year or some players from this year's stats or from this year's team? So Mitch Marner didn't score a goal in these playoffs. Well documented. Guess what? He didn't score a goal last year either against Columbus. He actually hasn't scored a goal since April 11th of 2019. I believe that was game one against the Boston Bruins in 2019, the 18-19 season. 383 different players have scored a goal in the Stanley Cup playoffs since Mitch Marner's last postseason tally. Yeah, 383 different players in the NHL have scored a goal since Marner last scored a playoff goal. This man makes $11 million, uh, 10.9, whatever. Like, dude, come on. You got to give us more than that. You got to. Let's take a look at the seven career games when attempting to clinch a playoff series. So in the seven possible game-clinching, series-clinching games since the Matthews-Marner-Nylander era begun. In those seven games, Matthews has one goal, two points. Marner, zero goals, one point. Nylander, two goals, four points. One of those goals coming last night, the lone goal scorer for the Maple Leafs in that in the the 3-1 loss in game 7. Mitch Marner minus 6 in those 7 games. And actually I did see a stat that yesterday um the turnover to Stall where they scored the first goal uh Brandon Gallagher Surprisingly, well, it's not that surprising because, like, Matthews and Marner weren't horrendous defensively. They just weren't producing anything offensively. But that was actually the first even-strength goal that they were on on the ice for in uh, in the entire series. Imagine if they actually had scored a couple goals while on the ice themselves. Tell you what, this podcast won't be happening today. We'd be gearing up for Winnipeg. Oh, man. The shooting percentage actually is what I find very jarring. In seven career games, when attempting to clinch a playoff series, Austin Matthews shooting percentage, 3%. Marner, well, zero because he hasn't scored a goal. (laughs) So zero. Like, those guys need to really step it up if this team has any, any chance to win a round. We'll get into it whether or not, you know, they'll even have an opportunity. I, 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 I'm I going to say this right now. I don't believe there's going to be massive overhaul. 
there could be. Don't get me wrong. There could be. But my early inclination is they're probably going to run it back with the same core. Same coach, same GM, same core. Whether or not that yields different results, well, I guess we'll have to wait until next April to figure that one out. (sighs) And kind of a funny stat, but this is more so... This is kind of a uh, an interesting t- statistic about the league. But since the salary cap era, only one player who makes double-digit uh, salary, so $10-plus million per season, only one player has ever won a playoff round, and it didn't happen until last night. That player's Carey Price. He's the first player since the salary cap era started Back in 2005, he's the first player since the Maple Leafs last won a playoff round to win a playoff round, making $10-plus million, double-digit million-dollar yearly salary. There are 13 players in the league currently who make $10-plus million. Price is the first one, which I found fascinating. But here's the more fascinating stat, and this is this is why I think there's a little bit of pressure on, on Kyle Dubas, not so much for what he's done, but like what has happened over the course of the last couple of seasons. 17 of the top 18 players, or 17 of the top 18 salaried players are not in the Stanley Cup playoffs anymore. Only one of the top 18 paid players in the entire NHL are still in the playoffs, and that's Carey Price. Austin Matthews, not in the playoffs. Mitch Marner, not in the playoffs. Panarin, nope. McDavid, nope. Taze, nope. Kane, nope. Eric Carlson. Drew Doughty. So is paying multiple players a heck of a lot of money a smart move? I don't know. But the history books would show that you're probably better off instead um, spreading the wealth. You know, creating depth with your money instead of being so top-heavy. Perhaps that is one of the paths that the Maple Leafs could take. Again, we'll speak about that over the next couple of weeks. We'll get a little bit more into the different options that the Leafs have going into this offseason, the, the the different moves that could be made or non-moves to make. We'll, we'll, we'll chat a lot about that stuff. But I found it interesting that 17 of the top 18 paid players in the NHL aren't even in the playoffs. What does that say about team building and successful team building? Something to think about. Something to think about. And when you think about double digits, I mean, Carey Price, okay, sure, yeah. Um, he's the first player in the cap era. But he makes, te- or uh, first player to make 10 plus million dollars in the cap era to win a round. He makes 10 flat. You've got Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and Austin Matthews, who all make more money than Carey Price. So not only... Like, does he just make this the cusp of this list? Because keep in mind, uh, last year, Sagan and Kucherov, who make like 9.5, 9.8, something like that, less than 10, technically did both make runs to the cup final. So, like, the threshold is barely 10. 
But that being said, um, the Leafs have three players who make more than Carey Price. Can you win with that type of structure, salary cap structure, in a salary cap era? I don't know. Again, questions for the next couple of weeks. So, you know, make sure that you are subscribed here to Lockdown Leafs because we will be going through all of that. We'll be talking about who's at fault, who needs to step up, you know, what moves need to be made, will moves be made, what moves will be made, and we'll do all of that over the next couple of days, over the next few weeks, months, until uh, (laughs) until free agency gets here um, mid-summer. Listen, I don't think any of us were expecting for the Maple Leafs to have a first-round playoff exit. I wasn't expecting to have to already get into off-season mode. Not quite ready yet. I'm, I'm still going to you know, give us the rest of the week to still focus on this season and the series and the heartbreak. But, man, I can't believe that we already are basically getting ready to turn the page on this year considering how much success we were projecting. Ah, it's just so gutting. So gutting. And it comes down to two things. It comes down to two things. The Habs wanted it more. And Marner and Matthews didn't get it done. Those two things are the reason why the Toronto Maple Leafs are booking tea times instead of getting set to play the Winnipeg Jets. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. All right, um, that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow, guys. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.